Blog Talk Welcome. Radio. Hi. Welcome to the Nero Motherfucking haters. You dug one ditch, but you better dig goddamn two. Because the narrow Red is going to reign supreme, and I say motherfuck you. I done told you, Diara, if they close the front door, goddamn it, you bust a hole in the wall. If they pass the wall, I goddamn it, dig a hole in the motherfucking ground. If they build a hole up in the ground, goddamn it, climb on the fucking lift. If they fix the roof, goddamn it, go to the back door. If they lock the back door, knock a hole in the goddamn wall. But rain, young man, rain. Stand up and take it. Young black and arrogant, girl, I'm so perfect. But jury made me arrogant, that why your girl flirting. People say you're arrogant, I live like extravagant. So fresh, I look like a mannequin. I scored again, first attempt. Bye. 
Zero Red HD Motherfucking I am your co-host, <laughs> Alexis K. Tyler, and I am here opening the show up for De Niro Red. Uh, let me see if he's here because I'm going to be doing some of his uh, hosting with him tonight and working for him so we can get the show started. Uh, is De Niro Red, is that you? Yeah, over here. I'm well. <laughs> How are you doing? I and you. Well, I'm happy to be here. Happy to get your show started with you. I'm gonna. You tell me how you wanted to to go. I'm gonna do your news uh, segment for you. I'm gonna deal with hip hop news. What's going on? Some of the stuff going on in hip hop, and I'm gonna do deal with current news and current events. So, um, do you want me to go ahead and do that now? Because I know you're getting set up. Um, so if you want to, you can come back in later, or I'll let you say something. You want to just talk, say hey to everybody and welcome them to the De Niro Red HD show um, and say whatever it is you want to say, and then I'll fill in until you come back. No, I'm here because I've been checking up on current events, but I want to learn some new current events, too, because it might be something I want to know about, but I just want to say hi. Everybody's tuning in. What's happening? And thank you for everybody for tuning in. I'm here. You One of the main things I wanted to give an update on that I've been following, um, last week, from what I saw, um, they buried Renisha McBride. For all of you that don't know, Renisha McBride is a young um, African-American female that is in um, Detroit. She was in the suburbs of Detroit. She had a car accident. And when she had the car accident, she got out and went into a predominantly white suburb and knocked on a stranger's door that was a white male to ask for help and to use the phone. We're not quite clear about what went on between the time she knocked on the door for help and when the uh, owner shot her in the face with a shotgun, he tried to plead that it was self-defense and there were no charges filed and she's been buried at this time. And what I'm really wondering about, I don't know if the parents, if her mom is going to get a second autopsy or has she already gotten an autopsy. When I looked today, I saw that now charges, the DA's office has decided to file charges against the man that shot Renisha McBride that first said it was an accident, and then he said, trying to say it was self-defense. Um, some people are upset about it. Oh, it's, I actually see um, Daily Mail, CO, uh, UK Mail Online is saying, one of his ex, the, the man that shot her that we're considering a racist, his ex-girlfriend is saying he's a drinker and a jerk, but he's not a racist. And they're very upset that he has been charged in the case of shooting Renisha McBride. So they're trying to say that it really was an accident. Um, 
But and there's also some questions about what happened between around 1 a.m. that she had the car accident and then 4 a.m., um, I think when the police were called or when they got to her body. We don't know what happened in that gap of time. Um, it was also said, too, she was found in uh, some wood or, or laying in a small uh, wooded area. So they want to know how she got from the porch, shot in the face, to <laughs> away from the porch on the ground. So now they're saying the girlfriend, the ex-girlfriend defends a white homeowner who's 54 who shot a dead black girl seeking help on his porch at 4 a.m. after car crash. The ex-girlfriend says unarmed gunman had a bad temper and was a jerk, but she never saw him show any prejudice. She defended him despite being involved in a stalking case with the homeowner in the mid-'90s as their relationship soured. He shot dead Renisha McBride, 19, on November the 2nd, on his porch after she was seeking help following car crash. His home is now macabre attraction for school kids, and he's in hiding. Arrests and charges could be brought by the end of the week, and case could hinge on Michigan Stand Your Ground Law the same way that George Zimmerman used the Stand Your Ground Law to try to defend shooting and killing Trayvon Martin in Florida. The case has been compared to the shooting of Trayvon Martin in Florida. But when I looked today for updates, it said the DA's office had decided, not based on pressure from the public, yeah, right, they have decided two foul charges against this man. And you can actually see video of him uh, on the news blogs. This is like, he looks like a tall, slender white man. Um, yeah. So I'm going to keep you updated because I'm definitely watching this case, and I feel that he should be charged and he should be convicted. And now they're releasing her um, her toxicology and said that she had alcohol in her system two times above um, the limit, like she was over the DUI limit for being intoxicated, and they found marijuana in her system. So it looks like they're going to try to vilify a black corpse. They're going to try to justify this man shooting her with a shotgun and say, oh, she was probably violent because she was drunk. She she had alcohol two times above the limit of being um, under the DUI test, and she was smoking weed. <laughs> so I wonder if she was not a black female and had been shot like that, would they now try to vilify a corpse? Because that's what they're doing. This woman's dead. This young lady's life is destroyed. She'll never experience her life. We'll never know, and she'll never know what it would be like to be married, to have children, to have a life ahead of her. And now she's in the ground rotting, and now they're saying basically she's a drunk, a drug addict, and that she was violent and provoked this man to shoot her in the face. I wonder what that happened to her if she was not. A black woman. Do you see what I'm saying? They're going to use that as a defense to get this man off from basically taking this innocent girl's life. So we will keep up with this to see how this progresses, and hopefully maybe this time justice will be done. Um, what do you think about that, Deniro Red? Well, I totally agree with everything you said because that's not right at all. And I don't feel like no justice has been served in that because no matter what type of story somebody try to tell, 
I don't feel that 19-year-old girl, Renisha McBride, was in the wrong. I feel like that the person who did it, he, he was the aggressor in that. But you know how the system is. They ain't they ain't, they ain't fuzz right now. You know, it, 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 it's some crazy shit. I, I, I don't feel like Renisha McBride was in the wrong basically. Mm-mm. No, I don't believe she did anything either. Let me see if my girl is on the line. Area code 270. Are you there, 270? Yeah, I'm here. What you think? Hey, goddess. Hello, hello. Uh, you been, you yeah, been keeping up with There's just something that don't sit right with the story. You know, even if, mm-hmm. even if she's twisted, because she had walked, from what I understand, she had walked. For quite a long and time. And she had a concussion. Was she was also right. suffering from a concussion. She'd been, a concussion, I think, to the head. Yeah, and my thing is, it was he acted too quickly. You know what I mean? It's like he just opened the door and blast. There wasn't, to me, that feeling of threatness, and, and then it's a female on top of that. You, you a man. You mean to tell me you scared? Some little old girl at the door. This is what I think. A lot of them are scared of us anyway. When they see a brown face or a black face, they automatically get scared and they want to attack us or eliminate us. We scare them. The thought of them being near us or seeing us scares them and upsets them. And a lot of them are taught to fear us or taught that we're going to hurt uh, them and it's not safe to have us in their presence. But it's like a lot of questions to me. If you saw a brown face or black face. Why did you open the door and shoot her? If you saw them outside and you, you first the lawyer spoke for him and said, oh, well, it was dark in the house. He couldn't see. He didn't know who was at the door. Well, why did he call 911 when he saw someone, a black person, at the door and he was afraid because he saw a black person? I don't believe she was breaking in the house or had injured the door or injured the window or injured the, the, the pick the lock or any of that. Why didn't he immediately call the police? And then second, if you're that afraid, afraid of her, why did you open the door? And after, if she tried to get in and you shot her to defend yourself, why didn't you immediately call the police and then call an ambulance for this girl so that since there was no threat anymore once you shot her, so she could get help and she could be saved and we could find out from her what happened. We could hear both sides of the story. How did she get shot in the face, on the ground, head blown open, face blown open, back of the head, goes to the back of the head, and then she's in a wooded area? Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, how did she get moved? And you're so afraid, but you came out of the house to move her and maybe someone else helped him. I don't know if he moved her by himself. Do you see what I'm saying? And it's not kind of like not adding up to you. You don't add up to me at all. Um, I'm not trying to be funny. I, I think it was intentional. I think it was, yes. uh, you know, once he once he committed to what he was going to do, there's the cleanup. When you realize the cleanup don't really work, now it's how to how to protect yourself in this scenario. I'm, as a people, I'm sorry, as a people, we look around now and we're looking for excuses to to knock the the cat back. I'm not even, you know, we looking for excuses as a people. They they itch what you, they itching to do something. So the way I feel is they they're looking for opportune times to act out their hate. And he looked at the door oh and he's seen the opportune yeah. time to act out his hate. 
he watching mm-hmm. the TV. He knows how to mm-hmm. kind of back himself up on it. All we got to do is watch what's going on with Zimmerman or watch that cat mm-hmm. that shot up the uh, Aurora uh, movie theater, just play play crazy for a moment or something. People are, no, are itching. No, no, What I learned, and you want to look at that too, the, the guy that shot up the theater, the young man that shot up the school, when you look at them, you will find out these people were on meds. They were on some type of anti-depression meds. Um, mm-hmm. And those many times distort reality and basically cut off, like they deal with the neurotransmitters and alter them to where these people feel no connection to humanity at all, no emotional attachments to people or reality. So it's really easy for them to snap and take a life. And if you would look at some of the side effects of some of these anti-depression or anxiety medications, you will see the side effects of some of these medications will make you even feel suicidal and mm-hmm. even some more make you yeah, and, and what, you know, it's easy for you to take a life if you have no attachment to it. I've seen people where they just look like zombies and they're zoned out and spaced out. They have no attachment to you. It would be really easy for them to pick you off like you a dog or something, you know, and, mm-hmm. and think nothing of it because they're zoned out. So their whole biochemistry has been shifted by the man. So usually when those people shoot up like that, Usually when you look in their background, when more information comes out on them, you will find out those people are being treated for uh, some type of mental illness or depression, and they're on heavy meds. And those type of meds usually lead to those types of side effects. Just just watch it. It's many people, they're having, like you said, homicidal breaks, suicidal breaks, snaps from reality. They're not really pretending. Most of those people are under a doctor's care. They're on on some type of prescription. It's interesting yeah. too. Those prescriptions are killing um, any reaction to any kind of emotions and, and just creating, um, like you said, blank. Because the dude that did the theater, when you look in his face, you can see it's just hollow. <laughs> you know, when you look in yes. his eyes, it's just empty. Right. Now you know what I'm talking about. There is nothing there, and usually they're on meds, and you will feel that way. You will feel nothing. I talk to women that also have anxiety or severe depression, and they say they don't feel. When they're taking those medicines, they can move through life with no emotional attachments to nothing and nobody. And the depression they felt, they no longer feel a thing. It's like they are zoned out. They're not in touch with reality whatsoever. So, you want to start studying that. Always look at the background of somebody that is snapping. And we don't know what was wrong with this man, but I know a lot of these people that are doing this have a fear of a black planet or the possibility of a black planet. And and a lot of them have been taught, and they feel that they want to exterminate anything black or anything with brown skin, and they don't want to live near it. They don't want to have you in a neighborhood next door to them at all. And she was seen as a threat before she even had the opportunity to open her mouth. That's how it's looking to me. And that's how it looks with the Trayvon uh, Martin case. I'm hopeful, but you know what? I kind of really don't expect any justice for um, Renisha McBride. Um, Janeiro Red, did you want to... Um, Step in while we're talking about current events and news. You want to say something right now or let us keep talking? 
No, I just want to make a comment. When they, uh, the, the incident happened with Trayvon Martin and Zimmerman, I thought the same thing about him. I was like, you know, everybody knew he was in the wrong. Even the judging system knew. And I kind of, in the back of my mind, for some reason, before the, 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 the final call was given, I knew that they weren't going to convict Zimmerman. And I said, I got to sit there going to let that man go. And they did it. And for some reason, I got a feeling that it won't be no justice served in the court system for Renisha McBride either. But see, we have to like understand as, as, Go ahead, babe. I'm sorry. Nah, you know, I, was giving, I just want to say, even though this is a free country, I don't feel like that. And for minorities, I don't see no justice being given at all. And I haven't been seeing any justice given lately at all. But what we also have to realize is that put laws in place to protect themselves. So the stand your ground law was that if you feel threatened by someone or if you feel like your life is in danger, you are justified in shooting that person. Now, we don't know what their fear was or their um, them thinking at the time their life was going to be lost. We don't know what that was, so we can't make that decision. But when they have those laws in place and they have a similar law in place in the state where Renisha McBride was killed at, so when they have those laws in place, a lawyer's job is to come in and find loopholes in that law and establish reasonable doubt in the jury's mind. They might not get you to believe that that person is completely not guilty, but if they can find a loophole in that law and and create some doubt that this was a racially racially motivated killing and that there is some type of issue as to this man feeling secure with his life, so that's why he took courage to save his. You see what I'm saying? Then they could find a way to find to get the judge or the jury to find him not guilty in it, and that's what they're going to do. That's the same thing they did with Trayvon Martin. Because the law, the stand your ground law was in place, they could use that as a crutch to cr- try to create some type of reasonable doubt in the jury's mind that Zimmerman was guilty of murdering this boy for no reason, and they used his friends as a witness and destroyed her testimony and made her look like an idiot, and that's what created some doubt there, and they used that to make a fool of her and make her look dumb to help get Zimmerman off, and that's exactly what they did. And I bet you the lawyer is already thinking that strategy, and they're going to do that this time. You want to say something else about it, De Niro Red? No, I was just listening. It's just really sad to me. Yeah, you know, it just seems really unfair. It is, but we have. That's why we have to know the law. It's not always where you're from; it's where you're at. So when you're wherever you are, you need to know the law of where you live. And like I always tell you. If you get stranded somewhere, I don't care if you're out on the dirt road. You better call me. And if the phone ain't working, you better keep walking. Take your break, piss and shit in the grass, and wipe your ass with some leaves or pine cones or something and keep on goddamn walking. Don't stop at none of these folks' house, especially not in no predominantly white area where you know it's a racist area. 
You ain't finna give them no reason to lie on your ass and shoot you and say you tried to kill them and attack them when you were only looking for help because your uh, transportation broke down. Uh Uh-uh. I don't want you in that position. That's why I like to watch this stuff and what's going on and warn you, do not. Because if it happened to me and my car broke down, I wouldn't be stopping in no strange area or an area I can sense. The people are very, very racist. And I don't care who's listening. I don't care how you fucking take it. If I sense that and I know my life is going to be in danger to go ask somebody for to use the phone, I'm not knocking on no motherfuckers, though. I'll just walk and do the best I can and walk a long goddamn dirt road in the fucking dog, the snow or the rain. At least I'll still be breathing instead of knocking on these motherfuckers' door. Right. I'm not going to no fucking know. Hmm. I said they're right. What you think? What you thinking, Casa, as we're talking? Um... I agree with all of those uh, statements. Another thing people should think about, because she was out with people earlier, getting smashed, of course. And okay, hi. If you care, yeah. if you care for people too, and you know that they've been drinking too much, sometimes you might need to come up with a buddy system to make sure each other come, gets home in a way too. I'm not. You know, by no means am I blaming the victim. By not, no, I'm not no. saying that. I'm saying we we, we got to think smarter when we're out in these streets. We gotta we gotta think about each other too when we're hanging out and we've been drinking or we're intoxicated or or something that would normally skew how we think or what we're doing because you know the poor girl gets in an accident and then from some of the things I was uh, hearing she walks back and forth to the car a little bit she's obviously disoriented and there's nobody yeah, she had a concussion around and she had right mm-hmm. that really knows what's going on with her and by the time we find out what's going on it's already too late you know and and that's the kind of stuff that we should as people and friends and family to one another think about when we're out drinking at a, at a club or you know work some type of buddy system out is make a cap limit on on what what you're going to drink or if, if you are drinking make sure to get somebody home in a way where they're not the one that has to be behind the wheel Cause this pro- you know what we're going to see? I wonder who was with her. We're going to see if they speak out before this is over, if the mom knows or if they're going to come forward on their own and let people know they saw her and what condition she was in before they she left. But you're right. I'm wondering. I didn't know that. I wonder who could let this girl drive by herself in that condition. Right. You know, nobody was. We obviously, because I don't know about you, but when I'm out with my friends, I know when they've been a little too tipsy. Um, and shouldn't be driving or even walking for that matter. Um, yeah, and so. I'm wondering, like, who? what did she hit? Did she hit a car? Did she hit something? Do you know? It was from the reports I had read, and I had only read two stories so far, and, you know, depending on where you get it, the story changes a little. Um, it was real vague. Everything was real kind of grayish and vague. You know, you you don't really understand how she got from one place to the next. and You just know she was walking for a very long time. And then you get to thinking that there's all these other houses around. At what point did it come to this particular house? Because she had been walking for so long, you know. So it it, it was really, the, the story's really, really vague. It, it's, it's Something just don't sit right with it, you know. And I, who's to say she was even at the door? Hell, she could have. On the way there, who knows? I I don't I don't know. It, it's just a little too vague for me to have a a comment on it yet. Um, I'm one that likes to hear about the evidence um, 
witness testimonies and, and shit and try to piece together something because it's just a little too vague. You know, it doesn't explain how she left the club from who she was with or, or drinking with who she was with. It doesn't explain, you know, there was people who saw the accident, saw her walking back between the car, but nobody come out to assist. That bothers me, and I don't understand uh, it. There's usually one person. You're right. They probably they can, did. Let me see if anybody has a comment. 678, are you just holding 678? First of all, thank you for listening tonight. Do you have a question or comment, 678, or are you just listening? Hello, greetings. Hi. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. you can. How you doing? How you doing? Hi, Janeiro. How are you? All right, and yourself? I'm well. I'm well. I'm calling in, you know, um, to support your show. um, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and what you doing? So I've been listening. I've been sitting and listening for a few minutes, and I hear what y'all talking about. Thank okay. you. Yes. Yeah, well, say the love. You got any, you got any questions tonight? You want to know anything, or you just you just browsing as they say? Um. Well, I had called in yesterday. I was um on on the call with your family and um. I'm, right now, I'm just listening, you know, to the conversation okay. regarding the issue of the young lady, uh, yes. McBride. Yes. Okay. What's, the, what's the first name? Renisha. I think you pronounced Renisha yeah. McBride. Yeah. 19. Yeah. Yeah. Did and, um, feelings on that? Yeah. Pardon? Pardon? I said, did you have any feelings on that yourself? Any kind of views you felt off of? What you've been seeing on that case? Yeah, um, I I've been um, peeking at the articles. I haven't even really got into it because it's so uh, devastating. Um, but what I feel about this issue and what's happening, you know, the, the series of events that's been going on, you know, with our young adults, uh, I think we're in uh, critical mode myself. And I'm with you, Catherine and Alexis. I think that we have to, we need to be on high alert, you know, when we travel, where we, where we, where we travel, you know, how we travel. Uh, we really shouldn't be alone, you know, because um, it's just like it's getting, it seems like it's open season, you know, they're changing these laws okay. and so are, are you saying that, that you, you think we should keep weapons on us? Should, should we keep that iron on us? <laughs> I think, yeah, it's we getting, all have... to that point, like, it seems like it's war. Like, they they, they, call it war on our people. But you know like what? That. Let me say to Nero, they can shoot a black person. A white person can shoot a black person and say that it was a stand your ground. A black person ain't going to be able to shoot no white person and say stand your ground because white folks broke that law for white folks. So don't, I hope y'all don't go around here thinking that if you get in the position your life versus theirs, yes, you defend your life. But I bet you if that was a uh, black man that had shot a white woman asking for help, he'd be in jail right now. Mm-hmm. You know what? You know what? 
And when I, I feel like they want a certain amount of unrest, though, because there's going to be new laws and stuff they push to take freedoms from everyone. And the best hmm. way to do it is to start unrest in many different areas. It, I feel personally it's an agenda of starting race wars and religious wars. Because uh-huh. as they start attacking one another, it'll be easy to come in and strip rights because people will think they need it for peace. Yeah, so but nobody's doing it. Bigger, bigger but black, if you notice, black people are not biting, though. Black people are not attacking white people and trying to start a race war, even though it's been right. a lot of violations. So if they're, we know they're trying to do that. Even white people have spoken out and say they know that they're trying to uh-huh. do that. But a lot of people will not respond that way. And to me, that's not the right way to respond. I feel that the one of the main things we need to do, like I said earlier, is not knowing where you're from. It's knowing where you're at. Starting to read, starting to watch current events, learning the law. Because like I was explaining to De Niro earlier, this is not, they're not going to get them off just because it's a white man, but also because the laws were written to protect them. So that, that I'm sure white people put that law in place, the stand your ground law, and that's the similar law in that state where that white man shot Renisha McBride, and there that lawyer is going to use that defense. You better believe that. So it's not just because they're white, but they also use the law to cover their tracks, to cover anything that they do. Even if it's wrong, if they have a law in place, they're going to try to use that law to defend by the violation of another person and taking that person's life. That's the main important thing here, that the law is on their side, and they write those so, laws so, to protect so, so them. So you're telling me that even though... So you telling me even though they know that 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 is right from wrong that they'll still go by some bullshit ass laws that they made up even though they yeah, set up their thing. It's they don't care about right and wrong. When it comes to us, the, the law set up for people who know the law because it's all it's always about bending the law to to get to get with you to get away with whoever you. Whoever got really the power, you, whoever got the right. money. It's easy to empower right. after that. So he's, take the young. he's young. It's he hasn't always. seen a lot of things we've seen and understood it, even though he has seen a lot of injustice and been in the middle of it. Still, what it matters, it doesn't even matter about right and wrong. It really don't. Because a lawyer don't really always care about if you're innocent or guilty if they're defending you. They just care if they can find laws and loopholes in the laws and they can bend the minds of people and create reasonable doubt to get their client off. They don't even care if you're guilty if they're representing you and they decide to take the case. They just care about can they win. Really, that's what right. it oh, yeah. money. It's about wrong. personal promotion too, because if you can be an attorney who has a a zero loss uh, uh, reputation, the amount of money you can charge to represent people shoots way up. And and they do this shit for some people are in law because they really believe in justice, but then mm-hmm. there's the others that are in it because it's just a job. Just like you have. Real doctors who want, if they really want to save lives, they don't care if you have insurance. They're going to they save your life. And then you have some that it's a job. They just went for the big money. 
And right. they're going to go exactly off the little books and the laws and the little glitches yeah, so that they don't have to do. But most of the time, they're not going to win. Most of the time, if you end up for justice, as time goes on, you're going to get disillusioned and you're not going to make any money. And then usually doctors that will help you because they want to help you, they'll end up going broke and hungry. Yeah, so they're not going to exactly. be able to survive. So it's when you'll exactly. see when you deal with this system and you, you might have that thinking, oh, I'm about justice and equality, but then when you get in the middle of the system, you're going to see it's not even about justice mm-hmm. when it comes to us. It's just us. And yes, people don't really give a fuck about you if you ain't got no money and if they can't win your case. And even if they do give a fuck about you, they really can't take all their time trying to defend you if you ain't got no money because they ain't going to be able to survive in this system. And a lot of times it's politics. It's not even about right and wrong. It's can you win, how much money you make, and it's about politics. Okay, I'm going to juggle this person for that person. Okay, can I get this person off even though I know they're guilty, but in the long run I might be able to get another person by letting them go or this is going to benefit me or can I get this judge to do this favor, me and this DA, we're going to, you know, do a deal this time because I owe them a favor, they owe me one. A lot of times it's about shit you don't see. It's not really about the law or what is right or what is wrong. It's about even if it's on the book, can I use it? Can I cover myself with it? Can I, I find some loopholes in it? But you'll see the more you look at this, it's not about right and wrong all the time. It's not about justice. It's about money. Because even, even public defenders, they do it, be, you know, because, I mean, money is made. Money is made for every shut case, up. for every lawyer, for every courtroom. No, a public defender's job too is to get a deal. It's not to it's not to do the best for you. It's to get you to take a deal because the deal is a conviction. You know, um, they wild. help out. Like you know, wild, wild it, there's a whole process too, and you gotta be you gotta be a public defender for a little while just to even get to the prosecutor's seat, and then you're gonna you know once you get to the prosecutor's seat, oh, then you might on. be able to Hold get. Hold on, to yeah, the, yeah, I gotta screen the name. That's public pretender. They they don't defend you. They pretend. They work with the judge. Everybody getting paid by the same person. The judge, the DA, the public pretender, everybody getting paid by the same person. They are working together against you. And they just trying to convince you that they're giving you a deal. And and, and, And listen to the deals, folks, is all I'm saying. I think you should take five years out of five years. I mean, this is like a zoo. It's like a time of some probation. Right? It's like a probation. 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 You'll rarely see a case dismissed. Yeah, it's it's, that's it's true. The sad part is I done, I done seen people in jail. They'll know that them people don't have no evidence on them, but them people be offering them probation and that's it. Or you got to sit until your next court day and they'll be so desperate to go home. They'll be like, I know that I didn't do anything. They don't got no evidence on me, but I'm going to change the probation because I'm ready to go. And it'll be on their record. Mm-hmm. Been... And even probation isn't about justice. It's about the collection of, of money. You know, I, I didn't right, even right. know that. People that's on probation have to pay money. I didn't even yeah. realize that. Oh, and don't be yeah. on health arrest. You're going to uh, break the bank. Good God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, Lord, have mercy. 
But you know, the system's set up for failure, though. It's not set up for rehabilitation. It was never set up for rehabilitation because prisons are privately owned. It's all about money and free labor. That's right. And, you know, and so we discovered we, need, we discovered everybody gets a kickback. You give us inmates, we give you a kickback because we need free we, labor. That's, that's right. We're and we, and anything, and anything else they want to do because you can get that's believe you you get sick get sick up in that prison and take them meds if you want to. <laughs> oh, yeah, they gonna keep that. they want it. That's another nickname for the Department of Corrections, DOC, Department of Corruptions. Said at a corrupt <laughs> man, not correct man. This is corrupting man. man for real. <laughs> I've experienced firsthand, so that's why I can speak on some shit like that. They put it all on your yep. uniform, Department of Corrections. This ain't that correction to corruption, though. Can't number killing and stabbing and dope smoking and just fucking homosexuality mm-hmm. and all type anything you can imagine in the same shit in the street. Wow. Yeah. And I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. That? I really yeah. learned about it. I really learned about it firsthand because when I was younger, uh, like I said, I was a gang member. And okay. one of my homeboys, one of my homeboys, he was trying to, he had been in prison for a while. He had come out. He was trying to turn a new leaf. He didn't want to see the prison no more. He was really trying, you know. Wow. We walking okay. out one day. We walking out one day. The cops stop us. He talking about, no, man, I, you know, I ain't trying to do nothing, you know. I, I'm just, you know, I'm trying to be cool. I got my, my kids I'm trying to take care of. I'm not trying to do nothing. Uh-huh. These motherfuckers go to the trunk, pop the trunk, and pull out a MAC-10. And what they said is, oh, look what we found on you. They said, wow. you ain't quit nothing. This is what they said. And they said in front of all of us, you ain't quit nothing. Without no gang, ain't no gang unit. Oh, oh man! They did shit to us, like put us in a car, take us to the uh, rival hood, and drop us off in the middle of the hood. We flanked up, got to get through the motherfucker. It was like warriors, running through that motherfucker, leaping fences and shit. Wait, 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 yeah, I heard they bang all that. That sound like man. They used to man. Cali they used to, I was hopping fences and everything. Only good thing going uh-huh. for me is they got a pretty face. Uh-huh. Damn. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, thank God they done bad. I'm sick. They in the first store. I done heard some cricket cop doing some shit like that. Yeah, I mean it's all business. You know they know what they need to do, and and you know. Everybody is out for themselves, and it's all about money. It's all about money and, and free labor and getting you to take a deal. Well, Did you want to year, say Because we need to take yeah, a break right quick. Did you want to say something, De Niro, before we take a break? No, you know, I just, once again, thank you for tuning in. Shit. Tune in to more of my new music. Keep feeding out that new shit, Nero Red HD, not on the show, the Nero Red HD, the mixtape, coming soon to you. Yeah, and, right in the yeah. And yeah, that's 2014. I was just going to play your song right quick, and then, you know, we have a live show where you get to see us uh, on the screen. It's an internet TV show, the Nero Red HD, every Thursday night at 7 p.m. You can watch us, text, and call in. But go ahead, the Nero, what else do you want to say? I'm going to play one of your songs. I just wanted to say for you, uh, you played the song. Just thank y'all. Y'all taught me some new shit, some shit I ain't know. You know, I was sitting back listening. I know this is the Nero Red AZ show, and I got a lot of wisdom on the 
lying with me right now. You know, I'm just taking it all in. You know, I can see somebody mm-hmm. else the same shit. So tonight, you know, I'm just learning a lot of shit at the same time. Right. We'll be uh, before we go three Erico three one four. Are you just listening, Erico three one four, or did you have a question or a comment for us? Much love to the goddess. How are you? I'm this fine. Is That's your brother, um, De Niro. Big brother, What's happening? I'm all good. I'm all good. I was just listening to the show. Um, how are you guys? How is everything today? Um, I see them talking about Denver in the house. Um, STL here. Um, yeah, I was also gang affiliation, so I understand exactly where both of you, where a lot of this with the corruption and the cops and um, <laughs> there was an individual, there was one cop here in St. Louis who was notorious for extorting the money from the cats on the trap on on the trap on the corners. Um and his last time in the hood was they put a hit out on him for five hundred thousand dollars and when he drove down the street they they filled his they filled his car full of hot hot lead. He transferred yeah. to another district. But they carried some big weights. They hit him up for a half a meal. <laughs> for a half right a meal. Right on the head for a half a meal. He must be carrying some big weight, huh? <laughs> well, he was doing real dirty shit. You know, he was taking people's oh, dogs. Oh, okay, okay. Um, he would lock cats up if they wouldn't sell for him. Uh, he was he was a pretty dirty dude, man. Well, he was already got then. Yeah, but they didn't kill him. He just transferred okay. to another district. Uh, and okay. now he's a public figurehead in St. Louis, Missouri, along with the police department. Yeah, it, it's it's when you say the Department of Corruptions, you hit the part, you hit the you hit the nail right on the head. We're gonna take a break and we're gonna come back and talk more about that. This is um the De Niro Red H D show and right now we're taking a break. You're gonna be listening to De Niro Red's new hot new song, Nympho. Girlfriend, say that I don't know you. Shout out, I did George. Yeah. You see me with my bitch, no, I don't know you. No. I can't hold you. No. I see her. She dressing yeah. classy. Shout out every day. What? Well, on the low, this street is nasty. She dance at magic. Yeah. She thick, though. She's a real bad bitch, though. Yeah. Make a nigga pull a kick, though. Uh. You like her. Honey, please don't wipe her. No. Shout out, get one night her. Sweet. On the pole, them dogs. Like yeah. I fought her and her friend, but now they so yeah. I die her. Yeah. She said she like my mixtape on fire, so I ignite her. Yeah. She looks so innocent, but sound and shit, she scratch like a viper. Yeah. She's so old, she's so like a vacuum
all like the iPhone. Got ten folks, I was looking like ten folks. Ten ten
Now, who humming? Who putting their so much upon their mouth and singing? Um, 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 I don't know why. I don't know why. I just feel the urge to let that shit out. Like the rent been wrong. I probably need to go get checked for that shit. I just had the urge to just let that out on y'all real quick. I don't give a fuck. I just had to let it out. <laughs> And you had somebody call in last night and apologize to me because I'm your mom and they was looking at you with grief all on your chest. And now you talking about having more harm on your nuts. How about you well on? How about you well on? It's hard to look at the Nero Red with oil on him with his shirt off. Why not? <laughs> No, what's wrong is when somebody talks to your mama about it, not knowing that your mama was talking about, Lord, throw some loyal on no, me. No, no, no. Yeah, terrible. <laughs> no, I love it because that means I did a good job. I put my cherry chocolate buttercream on his skin and my spritz. I put that on him. And I took the picture. I'm like, you're going to like this. I said, now, this would be a good gauge. If, if, I, if I'm a good photographer and I show you and, and they respond, the men and the women respond, that means that you're hot. And y'all respond. Oh, that's you you got to call that there, Alexis uh, K. Tyler, Alice and Hellcare, Skincare Product. That shit is like the X commercial. You know how the women be all on it. They can't resist. X ain't got shit on that. Like, literally, like, this shit is real life. Like, I'm like a real ex commercial in real life when I got on Alexis K. Tyler, Calcan Skincare Products. They, like, be attracted right, yeah. to me, like, flies on shit. Yeah. How much you charge for that, Oh, I forgot y'all talk about that because De Niro uses my nutritional supplements, the hair care, and the skin care. It's 25 for the 8-ounce cherry chocolate buttercream. And with the cherry chocolate buttercream, you put it on your hair and you can put it on your skin all over your body. He uses the rosemary blueberry antioxidant, even though he doesn't need it. He uses the antioxidant cream on his skin and on his mm-hmm. hair, and he also uses that Colombian black coffee cream. It keeps his skin really soft and gives it that nice glow to it. So he, he doesn't have an issue using all my products. He's been learning to make them from me. And he wears them, and every time he's around women, they're like, what are you, what are you wearing? And he's like, oh, this is um, mm-hmm. my mom. This is Alexa Kay Tyler cherry chocolate buttercream. That's what I'm talking wow. about. See that, people? We, hear, we heard it here first. $25. And you can be That's the right. me out. Yeah. You can be a player for life. You use Alexa Kay Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you'll be stepping across it? the world. And you know what? I was thinking, too, that would be good. The the women need to get some or the men need to get them some cherry, chocolate, salt, some some salt nut scrub. Scrub their nuts and then put that butter cream on them. Oh, Lord. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on now. We said cherry, chocolate, nut that's a little abrasive on the nigga. So y'all got to get in them crisps, fellas. Y'all got to get in the crisps of them nuts now. Y'all get in the shower. Get up, get right. up under the aisle in the goose where they got the goose. Y'all got to get all up under there now. Yeah, you're going to throw that fuck out of the crisps of your nuts and shit. You know, 
Right, you know what I'm saying? That is a little abrasive, so be gentle with the shit now. No, See, I, I heard that. Let me thought I got a remedy for that, too. I need to get the Nero song so you can get your, your girlfriend to rub, rub with the little nut, uh, the little salt and sugar So what you say? You want to be the advertise not only me with your stuff with my shirt off, breeze over with the shea butter, but you will also want me to advertise my nut. Yeah, I mean, you want them to, to, you say you want them to hum on them nuts and they can sing Christmas carols and they can toast them because the nutcracker is coming up. It's getting when I used it the most to it, open, it'll, it'll open up the shock ring your nuts. I used it for that. It'll hum. That's they should have your nuts humming for real. Right. That's what they're going to do, mm. some nut chocolate cream. <laughs> Put on now. Oh, some nut chocolate cream. Don't say too much. Uh, I think my child's dead a name. Nut chocolate cream. 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 Nut chocolate a want it so that you can she can try and then you can ask them they, you won't have to ask them they'll want to harm on them put them nuts up on their mouth so, and harm and put them so nuts right on now you're telling me uh Alexis, we're doing a survey on my nuts right now on the cream <laughs> uh, so what next show next show i tell you how the results of my nuts and product. Oh, <laughs> ladies call in. Ladies call in. They're taking. They, 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 they're giving. They're giving descriptions on the nuts tonight. <laughs> For all of those who want to see him boil oil, please call. <laughs> and we'll be giving a free dissertation on that man's nuts. <laughs> on these nuts. <laughs> on these nuts. Right, you know, you know, I put the I put the video candy. You're like he's selling these nuts. You know, <laughs> it's like what is he selling tonight? These nuts. You you getting ready to check out? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In a second. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm gonna. Do your thing. You know, I had to get out there and holler at everybody, everybody once again. I love y'all for tuning in. Tune in every week, every Thursday, even tonight, Saturday. You know, we, we always got something going on. So y'all just watch out. I'm at you. I'm always being y'all face. Ladies, okay, you got so me up like 28 days like a zombie. Ladies, you had me up working, man. So, you know, I'm going to continue to work, child. I appreciate you, Lady. Lady, you be hard on sometimes. I appreciate that shit, though, child. I appreciate it, bro. But, you know, you be me up, man. Like, pop the mile, I'm sweating. Woo! So, you have me up. You know, it's motivational. So, I appreciate y'all. I love y'all for tuning in. Y'all fuck with the kid. Y'all know I'm here. Uh, thanks for having me. Okay. Yeah, my good night, y'all. Good night. Yeah, good night, everybody. Good night, big bro, Rick. Hold it. Good night, brother. Peace and love. Okay, Much love. Out. We'll be right, right back. Go. Take a break. Shit it on me. The Nero Red. Nero. Red. 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 My bitch shit it on me when I went to jail. I eat this shit, I sleep this shit, I sit this shit. Somebody that gave me a beat in the mic, I spit this shit. Got 
damn, I'm everywhere. You are capped up, you are never there. Goddamn, look at her derriere. Polo horse in my underwear. 30 inches up under there. I'm on top of seat under there. On VIP, stay over there. I'm covering the ice like a polar bear. I'm up front the A like a breakout. Get more head than a wake out. Cool, I white like a gay trout. Like a stage driver, I stay trout. Cut your girl like a game spade. Shout it wet like a tidal wave. But shout it out on my job scrout. You thirsty, oh, here's a Gatorade. Hater sipping that Haterade. But I ball bitch like a fadeaway. Cool, white like a brick and yay. New evidence on the way. Uh. My nigga shit it on me when I went to jail. My nigga shit it on me when I went to jail. Everybody shit it on me when I went to jail. Now I'm out to sell. Finna give them hell. My nigga shit it on me when I went to jail. My bitch shit it on me when I went to jail. Everybody shit it on me when I went to jail. Now I'm out to sell. Finna give them hell. With a couple horse, walk in through double doors, belt made by Michael Kors. No black girl like a condor, got a black bitch at the condo. I been a cool fit fit, I get busy like Dando. Fall hard like Rondo, my shit don't stay on arrogant. Screw club, I make it rain. I hurricane, I try to be. Love me, but now I don't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Might be cause I'm gangbang on my tattoos and my snapback. Uh, my nigga sit it on me when I went to jail. My bitch sit it on me when I went to jail. Everybody sit it on me when I went to jail. Now I'm out to sell. Finna give them hell. My nigga sit it on me when I went to jail. Sounds like a beautiful thing. 
Somebody's going to be, be taking your buttercream with them. You know what I'm saying? I, I hope it's flavored. <laughs> give us some flavor to it. You know what I'm talking about? You know what? I thank you for reminding me. I'm looking at it right now. I forgot to give him that strawberry lube I got that is natural, it's water-based, and it's flavored. I can't be hooking my child up now. Come on now. I have to keep him up on what time it is and safe protection. That's also yummy, honey. I got some strawberry lube him. Oh, Lord have mercy. (laughs) You're going to make that girl want to marry that man. That's ridiculous. (laughs) <laughs> it's gonna be worse than that. She's gonna be hiding out in the bushes, peeping. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? She's ready to pounce. He he walked down the street with a with a cut with a with a girl cousin or something. Who is that? Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, nah, you tripping? Cause you know. You're like this my this 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 my cousin. I don't care who it is. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Okay. She's she trying to put that on lockdown <laughs> I'm putting on him now I said we are talking about A.K.A. Strawberry Lube And Cherry Chocolate Nut Cream That sounds like a good time Is there is, is, are, are there rubber sheets involved? <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. That's my. That's one of my fantasies. Hey, hey, hey it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be rubber. It'd be latex. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and baby oil. You know. You know. I, I, that's it make it, it, it make it right. Or better yet, just put the twist. Just put the twist the set on the on the thing and on the bed and you know turn the lights off. And, you can't see no colors that me. way. Uh, right. Well, you really ain't trying to look at the colors, no way. So. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Is, you know. Is there anything y'all want to talk about? It's like me and Ricky, we, we talked a long time last night. He listened to us, three women, that all of us have sons, and... Y'all got sons and daughters, so I got the son. So we were talking about the son issue last night, and it really touched Ricky deeply because he had heard another mother, excuse me, a couple of years ago do a video saying that she felt like her son was a devil, her son was a demon, and his daddy was a devil. And he felt that, you know, a lot of black women don't reach out and communicate with their sons and they blame them for their father or they attack them because of the father and they don't have strong communication with the sons. The mothers are still angry at the fathers. And then the sons won't open up because they don't trust the mother. And I didn't really completely think of it that way, but I'd like to hear his perspective since he's a man that grew up with his mother by himself and then I raised my child by myself. And then I don't know if you all can tell, but you – hear how me and him talk on the phone. We talk like that all the time and laugh and and joking. He's very open with, with talking to me. And so, so we have a good relationship. But, two, I realized, too, I don't need to cut his nuts off. I don't need to emasculate him. And that's what a lot of women do to their sons, and they they cower them down. They talk down to them and push them down, and, and they don't allow him to be a man. 
and we have to remember, because a lot of times I'm like, this is not my little boy anymore. He's my little boy in my mind, but he's not my little boy. He's a man, and, and I have to, like he was saying, oh, she works me. Yeah, I need to work you. You're, you're not a little girl. I and want you to be man. I, I want you to be independent. I want you to be strong, and I admire him a lot. Because of what he went through, and he had a lot of courage, and he faced it, and he came out, and he's strong. I know mm-hmm. it was a lot of bruising. It was a lot of pain in there that he went through, and I know he hasn't completely gotten over it. But I give him a lot of love. You know, the people that are close to us, and now he's met women that that give him a lot of love and acceptance. They know his story. They know where he came from. You know, it's a lot of women that are looked down on men. I used to, too. Being in this experience, I learned a lot. A lot of women look down on men. They've been in jail. Oh, I bet you fuck men. You on the DL. Oh, you ain't buy shit. Oh, because you just got out of jail. Nigga, you ain't going to be nothing. And then they have this stigma and this fear of someone that was in prison. And now it's something wrong with them or less than. So they already have a lot of issues. That's one thing, dealing with your son or a man that got out of prison. I, I really learned a lot from that experience and learned not to judge people because of that experience and learning the stigmatism and a lot of negative things that our men go through in there and then when they get out and they're like shell shocked. They shell shocked when they go in there when they're in the end and they right. come out and it's the street and they're treated like garbage a lot of times. And it's not just by the people in the street, it's by their families. Their families look down, they muffle scream and holler at them, Oh, you ain't this or nigga you you ain't shit, you in the jail, nigga you'll get the fuck out of my house. I don't want you saying here this and that, you ain't bought nothing. You know, these men are wounded by women. And then don't mention the correction. The women correction officers in jail are screwing them boys. Mm. And they mm. oh down yeah. Yeah. telling them about shit. Oh, nigga, you going to be back, old punk ass nigga. You know, if they get it from out. And I see why a lot of our men hate black women. They beat their ass. Or they want a white woman. They don't even want to deal with us anymore, anybody that looks like us anymore because they've been so brutalized, not just by the system and society, but by us and by us mm-hmm. as moms. And, and Ricky was just talking about this shit last night. It well, really you know, I like, well, Alexis, I, I'm going to be honest with you. You talk about your son's resilience and his strength. You know what I'm saying? He, but when you hear him talking to you, and you, and I said this last time, you have to realize that whether he, even though he is masculine, he is still a reflection of who you are. So you should be proud because, in essence, he is an extension of who you are. That tells that tells volumes how he overcame his obstacles, how he overcame his adversities. And the same thing has happened for you, and he's seen that resilience in his mother, and he has reflected that in his life. That's how he overcame those things. So when I hear women talking about a man child, I don't call black boys, I don't call them, I don't call the masculine man, black man, whether he's 12, whether he's 2 or 22, I don't call them boys. I call them men. They're men, mm-hmm. they're, that's a man child. And when you have, when right. you have a man child, you have to understand something that, when he's fatherless, you're the only thing that gives him his strength. You're the only thing that he has to, that can make him or break him. And those things there, 
are derived from how you feel in your heart and essence about yourself. That tells me volumes about a woman like you, Alexis. That tells me when I heard that woman, it told me volumes about her. Volumes. Because I don't give a fuck about that nigga. That means you gave up on yourself a long time ago. You know, fuck that nigga. He's 13. He out here fucking doing whatever the fuck he wants to do. Fuck him. He's a devil. He's just like a dad. When you throw when you throw shit away like when you do shit like that, that mm-hmm. in essence destroys that boy's character and his integrity in himself. He can't mm-hmm. he can't trust you. He can't and, and that you're the first relationship he has with any woman. That's right. So the reflection that you are to him, he's going to be attracted to that. You understand what I'm saying? If a bitch, if you screaming, nigga, you ain't about shit, boo. Do you realize you talking to yourself, you dumbass nigga? And I'm gonna call. You, I'm not gonna call her a bitch. I'm gonna call her a dumbass nigga because simple fact, you are talking to yourself. You're not talking to your child. You're talking to yourself because he's an extension of you. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. He his father was a piece of shit, but you knew that when you fucked him. And I don't care what anybody says. Women have a certain amount of intuition. Well, you know, I, I, I see, I see, I, you know, I see some red flags, but I'm looking over. I'm, I'm, I can overlook that because he's fine, and he looked like he got a pre in his pants, and I can overlook that. Okay, well, you overlooked that, and then now you found out that he really was the piece of shit you knew he was from the beginning. But like my mother has told me, like my grandmother told me. A woman knows if she's going to sleep with a man the first time she sees him, exactly what she's going to do. The, it's about him from getting from point A to point B. How is he going to treat you when he gets to point B? How is he going to treat you when he gets to, from point A? How is he going to treat you after point B has already been established? That's the point. That's the things my grandmother told me and my mother told me. And... When I look at that, and I look at the women that I attracted, mm-hmm. a lot of the times I attracted individuals on a negative stream that came from what I saw my mother go through. You know, and I never wanted to be like the niggas that my mother. I when I when I saw the men, and I was I was never influenced by the men in my mother's life. The only way I was influenced by it was looking at them and and seeing what they did wrong and knowing not to do that. I I learned from I learned how to be a man from seeing what not to do. You understand what I'm saying? So a lot of the times the mistakes that my mother continually made with with me in her life and I love her um but they weren't a positive affirmation to me, they were just trying to fuck my mom. My mom has straight black hair. She was built like a she was built like a brick shit house. She was butter yellow, you know, and she's Mexican and Creole. So, you know, you looking at a woman like that, you know, that you know, that's a hot commodity in the hood. <laughs> you know, you know, cuz first of all, you're not going to find one too often with straight hair. From the root to the tula, you know they call it Jesus grass, uh, you know. And you know, my father was 
five foot four, bow legged, dark as hell. Alexis, you've seen his picture. And, you know, mm-hmm. I was, and thank God I was lucky enough not to look like him. Um, <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> I mean, he was a hot goddamn mess. My mother likes ugly men. I don't know why. He's, but, you know, um, you know, and I, you know, when I see, you know, when I see individuals like that, when I see sisters like that, it tells me that they've not only given up on their child, but they've given up on themselves. And when you give up a party, when you give up on a part of yourself, because people ask me when I was when when I'm dating a woman, I've had women ask me, well, what do you feel about having a, a woman with children? Well. I don't mind ha- a woman having children, and the reason why I say that is because a, your child is an extension of you. And if I can find if I can find it in my heart to love the individual you are, I can also extend that love to your child. So that doesn't matter to me because your child is a part of you, and will always be there. He's a constant. I look at myself when I'm dealing with a woman as a variable when she has children because the only constant constant elevation in her life is her children. She's living for her children. She's evolving for her children. She's making money for her children so they can survive, so they can live, so they can extend her her family into the future. So they are an extension of herself. So when I look at that, I have to come from a place of, if I want to be with this woman and I really want to be with her and I want to be a part of her life, I have to accept her child too because why? That's the man that I am. And if I love her and I can give her the tenderness and love that she deserves, then I come. I can't give it to her child. I'm not giving it to her like I give it to his mom, but I can give it to him with the wisdom and the guidance of a man who's been through things and been through some certain things and adversities that I don't want to see any child go through. So, you know, when I saw that, it just, it it really, really disturbed me because it hurts my heart because that is the core of the problems that are, that are, that the black community has. What? You know. The mom, um, we know the family, but you said too, the mom and his relationship with that's his first woman that he knows. Right. That's the first woman that he's, I mean, Women have to realize that the first woman that he ever makes love to, that he ever has anything to do with physically, emotionally, anything, not sexually, but emotionally and and mm-hmm. physically, psychologically, and it, you know, is his mental, mother. Emotional, he, spiritual, mental, emotional. He was inside of. You it's such a deep metaphysical bond and experience. I knew when I was a teenager that my first child would be a boy. I saw him, I played with him, I talked to him, and my dream before I had him, I knew what he was, and I knew he wanted to be here, and it was like the harder people tried to make me get an abortion or make me put him up for adoption, the more he would come to me in my dreams. And that was like I didn't care what anybody said because nobody knew about the relationship that we had in the psychic realm, in the metaphysical. 
physical level of my womb and my mind and my spirit, this child knew he was very aware of his existence before he was completely developed in the physical. And and he was bonding with me. And I thought every woman had that experience. So to see how deep that was, it was a cosmic bond with us, a cosmic relationship. He came into my world through my galaxy, through my black hole. And a lot of women don't consciously see it that deep, and they can take their children or leave their children. And many times their children don't want nothing to do with them and don't want to be around them. But on a subconscious level and a subliminal psycho, mental, and emotional level, that child knows that you're God. So when you start to dismiss and degrade and humiliate and degrade that man-child, which is a masculine part of your feminine self, you are basically trying to destroy the temple of the male God, the son, God, that you brought into this realm. It's like the and same way you materialized him, you are de, um, dematerializing him and chipping away at his whole being and his ego and his whole psyche when you, the God and the goddess that brought him through your black hole, through your galaxy, is now saying he's nothing or he's the devil or he ain't about shit or he like his daddy. Right. And I'm going to go to a scripture. And it was also in a movie, and it was the movie The Crow, where he took a girl's arm and he reversed, she was taking morphine. And he he took the morphine, he, he grabbed her arm and told her to look into the mirror. The morphine came out of her arm, and he whispered in her ear that mother is the name for God on every child's lips. Hmm. And that is in the Bible. We can sit up and say that, oh, the Bible ain't shit, and the Bible is this, and the Bible is that, but if you ain't never really read it from cover to cover, if you just read a chapter and said, oh, that's some bullshit, but you never realize that, that that's the only book that explains itself. No matter what time you get, it's the only book that it really truly explains itself. But when I when I heard that statement, there was nothing more more true than that than that verb than that little that little sentence right there. Mother is the name for God on every child's lips. That tells you right there what Alexis is talking about. In essence, she is the God form of his existence. Because when you look at it. Who who's the mother of us all? Mother Earth. It doesn't say Father Earth. It says Mother Earth. So if Mother is the name for God on every child's list, and we love we love being and existing on this planet, then guess what? We're loving the mother. Everybody's you know, different, but it's like I always told you. It's like, and, and I would always. It's like every day I thought of him, and he was always on my mind. And I would just write letters, and then I would think of him, and like, where's my child? I haven't heard from my child. I haven't talked to my child. And then, bam, I'd get a letter, or somebody would call me and say, hey, Mr. Lexus, I'm, I'm your son's friend. 
I'm just calling, let you know he's all right. He told me to call you and tell you he's all right, but he he done been in lockdown because he done bust a nigga in the head. I said, oh, okay, well, tell him that I I love him and that I'd rather him be in, in lockdown and be the one that done bust the head instead of got your goddamn head bust. So tell him I love him. Call me when he can get out. Or so I get a letter, and I'm like, I will think about you. He said, Mom, I picked you up. I will think about you, too. I want to send you a letter. I, I couldn't call because I've been locked down. <laughs> so, you know, we would go back with that, back and forth with that telepathy because I felt like that was my job to do that because that is my creation. I brought that being to life. I breathed life into that being I was God in that circumstance. God lives within me. God lives within the woman. Because the woman can say, yes, I'm going to do this, or you know what, tomorrow I'm taking my ass down incognito to the abortion clinic, or you know what, I think I'm going to mix this herbal concoction up and make me a tea to induce abortion. See, you God, you my are the divine witch. But you the witch, so you... So you can do whatever you want to do. So when I, that's how serious it is to me. It's like if this child fails, I fail. If this child succeeds, I succeed because I copied myself. I don't care what his daddy gave me. It's his half. I can't worry about what his daddy half was. I'm only concerned about my half because even though he put his foot in half on a baby, it's still all down to daddy maybe. Mama's baby. It's always mama, baby, daddy, maybe. And it don't matter if dad ain't there or not. You are the one that's responsible, and you the one going to always get the goddamn blame. When the child is a success, the mama going to get the blame. Well, you know, she was there, the daddy wasn't. When the child is a failure, the child in jail, it's always his mama wouldn't buy shit. Never mind the daddy left her hanging and never was there from day one. It's always the mama wouldn't buy shit when the child is in trouble, and it's always the mama that come get that child and come see about that child. When that child is in trouble, the mama come see the child in jail, and the mama come see the child on the way to hell because she usually be the one to ID the child at the morgue or she meet the child at the hospital. The mother is God, and you have to, it, it depends on how serious the mother sees that role, no matter what no motherfucker say and what kind of death they try to speak on you and say you ain't shit, or death they try to speak on your child. Life and death and beginning and end of that child's life is in the hands of God, which is the mother. It's all in your pussy. My eye is depicted of a woman holding a scale. All set, sphere nine in the tree of life. She is the founder and and foundation of the universe. She is the first mother of pregnancy. She is the goddess of pregnancy. Why are we not embracing these things when you all set the rules, you all set the guidelines for life itself? Nikebet in the in the temple is the mother of nature. She is the mother divine, the dark goddess of dark of, of the of the dark soil. That means that she in the netherworld brings forth she is the one who depicts the death. She helped she helped Osset resurrect Osar. That means she is resurrecting him through the resurrection of God and the resurrection of enlightenment to that part of that being. So these are women. These aren't men. 
these were women's factors. You know, the men were the builders. We were the ones who enforced the law. You know, we established the law. We we plant the seed, true indeed, but the life and life force is cultivated through the woman's womb, just like the earth from from the shoots of the of the earth come forth flowers, come forth life. Look at what comes from your womb. Your womb is also called the flower. It's also called the womb, and it's also called the lotus flower. It is the budding spring of which from which all life flows. So if you can't pay attention to that, that's why we call it Mother Earth. We get you can get deep, you know what I'm saying, but when you when you have to look at these things, you have to look at them at from a godly standpoint because who you are is who in essence he is. You know he wasn't sucking from Haru wasn't sucking from Osar's pity. It's from his mother. The blessed the blessed Eastern Star is Haru in the womb of Osset. In the constellation of Andromeda, the blue the blue star is the womb of Heru. That is Heru in the star. That is the six-point star. When you look at that, he is sphere six. He is the largest of Osar and Osset. He is the two in the combination of one, the manifesting of life. So if you can understand that logic and who he is, as as a, as me as a man, I know that I was I was a Heru because I had to bring about the logical stage. I knew who my mother was to me. I know who I know what a mother is supposed to be about. I had one, and she works hard to get me to the point that I'm at now, and I bless her so, you know. But I'm I'm a grown man now, you know. I'm 43 years old. I have a child of my own. I have a daughter, and who her mother unfortunately does not give a fuck. But you know, hey. I can't. I can't make nobody. I can't make nobody do right. But you know how that shit goes. But at the same time, I understand who she is and what she's going to do when she brings forth life. She needs to know these things. And when she comes to me, and she has come to me, and I told her these things, and how beautiful she is, because why? I know. <laughs> I know what these things are supposed to do for you. I know what you're supposed to do as a as a as a father, you know. And it's and it's sad to me because I listen to a lot of these brothers out here. And Alexis, I love you to death. But when you went through what you went through with that individual, I was ready to catch a plane and cut his fucking tongue out of his mouth. Because you are my friend, and I've seen you go through the things that you've gone through when it came to your son. That is the most defiling thing for a man who knows the stature and the brilliance that you have brought to this, brought to the table as a conscious woman. And you're not in the conscious community because you can't be a part of haters. I'm sorry, but you are awakened. You are conscious. You are a walking, living, breathing goddess, and I respect you for that. When he did that, that was blasphemy. When we do not defend the queens, the Englishman, first thing he says, God save the queen. If we're the gods, we're supposed to defend our honor, 
defend our integrity, defend the innocent and the righteous and the virtuous. That's our queens. This is where we are. This is where we should be. This is where we should be right now. And unfortunately, we still we still hustling backwards. Still hustling backwards. So when I see a young guy like like De Niro putting in work, loving loving what he does, that's only a reflection of what his mother is. Because his mother has that same fire in her heart that 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 burns in him. So I understood that. That's why I look at certain things and I listen to people and I listen very carefully. When I first heard you, Alexis, I knew this is a woman that gets it. This is a woman that understands who she is. And most most cats are intimidated by that because they fear what they don't understand. You know, and the goddesses should should be more in tune with that with with what you're saying because it, because you're absolutely positively right. Yeah, that's what I mean. A lot. Every woman is not created equal, and all of us are not going to see the same thing. So people move from where they are, and all of us are not here for the same reason. But when you know who you are and what you are, when it comes to you, then you change. And to me, everything is about how you live your life and what you give to the children and what you give and show, what you give to them and also what you show by example and how you live your life as a goddess. And that's one of the most difficult things for us as women to do in this society when the sacred feminine is being stepped on, suppressed, and murdered. And then a lot of women play their own self out and put their own selves down. So I feel like it's, it's my job to do, and that's why I let him go tonight, because when he told y'all he was tired and I'd just be running and running and running. And <laughs> <laughs> but then y'all see, he didn't say I would mean to it, though. He just said I'd be running it, but you see what he's accomplished in a short period of time and what I what I've had him do. So I feel like that's what you're supposed to do, that you're supposed to leave a legacy behind. Sure, money is nice, but money is not everything. It's the legacy you leave behind. It's the lessons you leave behind. It's how you lead by example. Um, what type of life did you have? Well, people know if you're bullshit or if you're lying and pretending to be something you're not. But what you leave behind in your energy, in your actions, in your impressions as a woman, and do you exemplify goddess? Are you working every day to rise above the flesh and rise above the the norm um, and the and the mundane? Are you trying to reach the divine? And are you showing that? the people that are around you and even people that don't know you and are you passing it on to your children to me that's more important than trying to impress people with material things you want both you want both now i'm not saying either or you want both but it's still about your energy your honor and your integrity and what you instill into your children and we don't know just like me and the two sisters on the phone we talked last night we learn as we go Many things that we don't know, but what matters is as long as you do wake up while you're still breathing. Because while you're still breathing, mm-hmm. you're above ground, you're not six feet under. We still have to work on, for us that want to, 
we have to constantly work on reaching the divine state and reaching the goddess state while we're in this body. Become God and goddesses on earth. True. Yeah, I can dig it. Truth. Truth. Shit, I'm going to say it. I want to speak in truth tonight. What, what did you say, ladies? <laughs> Y'all have been quiet. What do you think, ladies? <laughs> Um, I know there was one other kind of thing I was wanting to talk about that I noticed that messed with some of our uh, our boys, our, excuse me, our, our man-child, excuse me, <laughs> was uh, we have also the other kind of mothers that make the sons more like the husbands and yeah. they... They discourage any growth or any love connections, or and they smother the child. And then, and then what ends up happening is they become these men that look for women that, like you said, reflections of mom. Ones that they don't work; they just live off the woman. They this is also a, a problem that I see that I like to bring notice to too, because That's women those old sometimes you're talking about. Right, and, and some some women just don't understand how not not letting them out of the nest is just as destructive as not paying any attention to them. You know, you can have extremities at, at any angle, and to go about it like how Alexis does and, and is the is the more proper route because they have their freedom. They're being taught how to how to build skill sets trade skills, things that can keep the family line going into the future, yet not being smothered, not, you know, every time they try to have a a relationship, it's not. Some women will find a problem in anybody just because they don't want them to get married and run off. Right. Well, you know, that's the women's fear of being, that's that's, that's that mother's fear of being alone, too. Yeah. Not just that. You, you still not just that though. Sometimes you you might not want to lose them, but you're also concerned about their well being. I personally think that, and I've heard a lot of, and my mother did it to me when I was 12. I, my mother did not have me all my life. She didn't get me until I was like 11 or 12, and I heard her telling her friend, "Oh, I just I don't even know why she took me from my grandmother, but she she would be on the phone and say." oh, she just makes me sick, I just don't want her in my house, and, you know, and I was 12. And she was like, as soon as she gets 18, I'm throwing, I'm kicking her out of my house, I'm going to put her out on the street. And then I've mm-hmm. heard other women that say, oh, as soon as my children get 18, I'm putting them out, I'm going to live my life, I took care of them by myself, you know, it, it's my time, it's for me. To be honest with you, I feel that sometimes you don't need to put children out when they're 18 because they're not grown. They might be considered by the state grown, but mentally and emotionally, we have not prepared them. A lot of mothers have not prepared them. Their fathers have not prepared them. When people in other cultures, even people of color and other Asians, Indians, um, even Jewish people, white Jewish people do this, and even I think Italians do this. If their daughter is going to move out, and I was doing a reading on the lady last night who was talking about um, an Ethiopian lady that's married to a man, and they're also Muslim, 
when he married her, he had to pay a dowry for her. And these other families of color, it is custom to give them money or give them a house, pay for their wedding. Mm-hmm. They know about saving money. They know about investing money. They know about working. They know about getting an education. Most of the time, these families do not throw their children out to the wolves where they have nothing. They have no That's knowledge, right. no knowledge self. They have no money. You don't give them nothing. It's just get the fuck out of my house. Your daddy left me. I done took care of you all mm-hmm. these years. I ain't got shit. And now I just don't want to be bothered. I want to fuck. I want to do what I want to do. And that child is lost. And you're like, well, you're right. a man, you know. And then a lot of times the men will be like, well, shit, I'm really not a man inside, and I'm terrified. I don't know what to do. So they'll go and stay with the woman who got stationed who got food stamps, who got a job or take care of him, like his mother did, because he's not ready. I would even say if your son mm-hmm. is 30 years old, still living with you, but all that time he's been living with you, he's been getting an education. He might be working on his master's. He may be working on his Ph.D. He also may be working a job. I would rather him stay at home that long and get his education and get his knowledge of self instead of saying, shit, he 18, he ain't get the fuck out of here so I can bring some niggas. I really think that's the wrong thing to do to your child because they a lot of times are mentally, emotionally, and psychologically have that's no right. sense of what to do, and that's what our people do to us, and my mother threw me out there. I had no idea. I just knew that I had to sink or swim, and I never went back home, but there was no foundation. I said, I would never do my child like that. You know, uh, when doing it in the way you did it is proper. You know, like my kids, uh, my daughter's 18. She's still with me. She already told me her plan, you know, and you're right. When they're going to college and they got these plans, that's one thing. But the the ones I'm referring to are the ones that, you know, they they they're they're not working. They're not encouraging them to work. They're not encouraging them to do any anything of growth. They they're shunning to like like you said. If if it's scared to be alone, it's 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 trying to. You know, it's a destructive kind of smothering. No, I know what you're saying, and I still say under those circumstances, mm-hmm. he should not be pushed to get out because you don't know what's going on. And I, I've seen a lot of these young men where their mama push them out the house because they're not working, they're not going to school. Well, I'm taking you to a shelter, or I'm putting you out, and I don't know where you're going to mm-hmm. go, and I don't care, but you're not working, you're not doing anything. Okay, I still feel that under those circumstances, the mother needs to look at herself. Because it's usually the father wasn't there, or it wasn't a man that the child respected as a father to listen to that was a good guy, post and role model. You didn't have that child in financial classes. You didn't have that child a bank account. You did not have that child in economics. Something I don't care what nobody say to me, if a child is responding that way and they're 18 years old, they're not working, they're not going to school, they, they are lost. They, lots of them, they don't know what they're going to do. And you throw them outside, even if you don't throw them out. I'm going to look at the mother because there's something that's off. No, she's not responsible for, for his actions or inaction, but there's still something that's off. That person is not prepared mentally and emotionally. If you put them out there like that, they're going to fail. So when, when a child is doing that, when a boy is doing that, and he's not a man, even though he's in a man's body, you need to look at the parents. And you need to look at the mother, like you said. The mother done coddled that child all his life out of fear. It's with, a lot of times it's a Willie Lynch syndrome. You need, mm-hmm. If you haven't read that, read that. A lot of times 
black mothers will do that out of fear. They subconsciously did, do that out of fear. Hmm? What did what did you call that? You said the what syndrome? Willie Lynch. You said Willie Lynch. Willie Lynch syndrome. Okay. Mhm. Yeah. Well, I, I agree. Go ahead, y'all. Bye. Yeah. Um. I I agree. I'm gonna have to uh, get off the line soon, but okay. I just wanted to say. I just wanted to say, um, I agree with what you're saying. You know, I didn't put my children out. I wouldn't put my children mm-hmm. out, you know, because of those same reasons. And mm-hmm. um, what I would um, say in, in this moment of time, you know, um, because back in the day, you know, when, when communities were more together, you know, we had better role mm-hmm. models. We had mm-hmm. people we mm-hmm. can go to and talk to. Mm-hmm. But what I mm-hmm. would say to to young women today that um, are parents and don't know what to do, how to parent, or which way to turn, if you don't have someone that um, you can um, go to, if you don't have a mentor, auntie, a woman, an elder that you can relate to, you know, tune in to shows like this. Uh, oh yeah. Do some, oh yeah. Do some, do some research. Learn everything mm-hmm. you can. You know about motherhood, about sisterhood, about child rearing, about children, and mm-hmm. you know, and and meditate. You know. Uh, uh, speak to your ancestors, ask for guidance and strength. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. you got to learn what to do. Work on yourself mm-hmm. and take care of your children, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, what I would suggest, you know, do your research and learn what it is to raise healthy and protected and loved children. You know, if you don't know, if you you didn't have it, find the resource. So with that being said, um, anybody, I'm sure, yeah, I have to go. And if there's any listeners that, you know, need any help, you know, y'all can hit us up, you know, on Facebook. And um, um, that's it. I mean, I'm in agreement. You know, our children, we have to, all they have is us. You know, so yes. if we're not there, if we're not there for them, they're out in this world, you know, and, and, and I mean everything that's going on no, no. It, it's just a horrible thing. I, I totally understand. I feel it's a horrible thing to, you know, put your put your children out and even if the children aren't um, if they're misbehaving or if they're, you know, following the wrong path, you got to do something. Go okay. to someone. Yeah, don't lose yes. your children because then they end up, yes. you know, they end up yes. in, in the zombie herd, you know. So yes. I have to go. Yes. Y'all have a good night. And, um, Thanks, John. Yeah, people the from the wild. Yeah, <laughs> and I talk with y'all soon. Okay, I'll I'll see y'all tomorrow. All right, y'all. Okay, good night. Good night, Goddess. This is the Nero Red. Uh, one track from his album, the Nero Red HD. We'll be right back. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you, all my friends and family and supporters, people that love me, love Alexis K. Tyler, and now people that love my son and my new artist, De Niro Red, and I tuning in for the new show, De Niro Red HD Radio, on Friday and Saturday night, where you listen to all things De Niro Red, updates on what's going on with him, his music, and news. We still didn't get to get to the good, juicy hip-hop stuff. So the next time, we're going to have to get the hip-hop news and current, and I dealt with some current events that are going on. We're going to deal with more of those. And, again, R.I.P. Renisha McBride, and um, my condolences go out to her mom and her family. We hope that justice is done. We're praying for justice is done for the family of Renisha McBride. And also join us every um, Thursday night. Thursday night at 7 p.m. You can go to my front page at alexisktyler.net and you will be able to see me and De Niro Red live and in living color doing the De Niro Red HD TV show every Thursday night at 7 p.m. You can watch us on my front page at alexisktyler.net you can call in, you can speak to De Niro Red live, and you can speak to Alexis K. Tyler, me, I'll be co-hosting with De Niro Red for De Niro Red HDTV, and you can chat. You can give us your questions, your comments, your feedback, questions for De Niro, questions for me. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, you are a uh, up-and-coming artist, rapper, producer, um, we'd love to hear from you, and you can give me a um, shout-out at my Alexis K. Tyler VP at gmail.com. Alexis K. Tyler VP at gmail.com. And let me know that uh, you'd be interested in coming on as a guest with uh, De Niro uh, Red and talking to him and being a guest on De Niro Red HGTV or this radio show, De Niro Red HD Radio. So we'll talk to you soon and feel free to download and pass this show around. We'll see you again next Friday, next Saturday here with the De Niro Red HD radio show. And remember, every Thursday night, 7 p.m. on AlexisKTyler.net, the front page, you'll be able to see the show. We'll talk to you soon. Motherfucking haters, you dug one ditch, but you better dig goddamn two. Because De Niro Red is going to reign supreme, and I say motherfuck you. I done told you, Diara, if they close the front door, goddammit, you bust a hole in the wall. If they pass the wall up, goddammit, dig a hole in the motherfucking ground. If they fill a hole up in the ground, goddammit, climb on the fucking list. If they fix the roof, goddammit, go to the back door. If they lock the back door, knock a hole in the goddamn wall. But rain, young man, rain. Stand up and take it. Baby, arrogant, that way your girl flirting. People say you're arrogant, I live like extravagant.
again. So fresh, I look like a mannequin. Wow. I scored again. Wow. First and ten. Shout it, got that red skin. I think this girl from Washington. Hit zero in the strip club. Can't stop this girl from Washington. Can't stop your old lady from jacking him. Rich nigga, I don't want to watch with him. Young nigga, got a body cat got with him. Do shit, and it got the whole cup with him. Pull up in that red rain. Same color, a flesh stain. From South City, they can't came from Cleveland. The club blade, I was on it.